been friends for a very long time, so we thought that we'd do a podcast. Mike and Christian talking about movies, mostly from the 90s. The hardest part was coming up with names, because all the good ones were taken. Hope you like it, we think it's rad. Pretty bad movie gab. Welcome to Pretty Bad Movie Gab with Mike and Christian, a podcast dedicated to the celebration of late 80s and 90s movies with an emphasis on hidden gems and the forgotten. Mostly, as their theme song already announced, they're just two very old friends who like to talk about film. On today's episode, they're discussing Summer School from 1987. Freddie, the gym teacher, has to teach remedial English if he wants tenure. As he can only teach gym and his students want fun, emphasis is on field trips until he's fired, unless all his students pass the test. That's from IMDb. This is going to be one of my complaints about this one, which is just how little the movie paid attention to its own setup for the most part. 1987, we would have been like, what, 13, somewhere around there, like yeah. grade 89? It was funny. I was looking at like what was going on in 1987. I don't remember any of it because I was 13 years old. Apparently, Gorbachev was doing some stuff. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, you remember him because of Naked Gun. That's how we know Gorbachev. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's trying, he trying to wipe off that birthmark. Yeah, the birthmark getting cleaned <laughs> off. So this movie is a very clear response to Breakfast Club, which came out two years earlier. Uh, was a huge hit, was in the top 10 of all the top grossing films of 85. 86 came along with the Rodney Dangerfield one, Back to oh, School. Back to School, yeah. Yep. So, and it was interesting looking at sort of the top grossing films. I forgot, like, comedies ruled the 80s. Like, the top 20, fully half of them are comedies. So you could tell what they were going for here. They were going for, like, let's cash in on The Breakfast Club, but without any of the talent, screenwriting, or charm whoa whoa yeah this okay so this is a personal favorite i just rewatched this with harry my wife and we thought it was great i still i can watch i watch this once a year i love it i can't oh. believe you say without the talent oh my god the, I, or uh, the charm wow i don't i don't, <laughs> don't want to wow. my ending except to say that this would not fall as a strong recommend it struck me as joyless, plodding. I had to watch this over multiple periods because I was getting so frustrated with the movie. Um, so it looks like, oh like how can we on the same page for this one? It looks like we're not no. going to be, we're not going to be in sync. Let's get into it. So as you said, the movie at its core is uh, Mark. Let's talk about the characters. It was Mark Harmon as Freddie Shoup, a slacker gym teacher who gets. Uh, finagled into having to teach summer school and the movie is basically about all of his sort of reject loser kids and teaching them how to love learning and pass remedial English. Kirstie Alley is the love interest who's teaching a class next door. Um, the only other person of note I think is Courtney Thorne Smith who is playing the role that she's so good at the kind of spaced out vapid surfer girl. She's so good at that. Uh, and then just a, I would say like a loose conglomerate of like eighties kind of chainsaw. Like, are you kidding me? So even yeah, so even chainsaw, he was a staple of teen movies like Ski School and shit like that in the eighties. But the rest of them didn't really go. Like I checked, I looked them all up. The rest of them didn't really do uh, too much beyond this. And I was surprised. This is a Carl Reiner film, man. Like this is not this is not a nothing director. This is Carl Reiner. 
And it's funny. I can't believe you thought this was plotting and joyless. Uh-huh. I love it. There's so much. I've actually realized how much I, I quote from this without even realizing that this was the source of said quote until I rewatch it and go, oh, that's where I ripped that off of. Okay, so here was my biggest problem. There was actually two. I had two core problems with this. The biggest, genuinely, is Mark Harmon is a terrible, terrible fucking actor. Like, just... He does not have the charisma and like magnetic sense about himself to pull off the role that they're trying to have him pull off. So that honestly was, I found so jarring just how goddamn unwatchable he is. The second, the second problem I had was this movie is a really good example of characters doing things because the plot needs them to do things versus characters doing things because they're fully fleshed out characters there's a lot of times in this movie where just the character does something because the plot needs it well welcome to a call call reiner movie i mean Uh like i mean we're not talking he doesn't have the most fleshed out characters i mean this is a comedy first and foremost and an 80s comedy of that so true and and again like i truly felt this was a very clear reaction to breakfast club it's interesting a lot of the things i'm about to complain about you could easily apply to the breakfast club which i adored and that's why i think there's an element of just they are really looking for the characters and the actors to pull off what is a pretty weak script and i just didn't think they pulled it off also notable as well danny elfman did the music like they have some big hitters on this one yeah oh yeah it was a it was a great kind of cast which is why it's funny that you said no one worth of note uh i will say this when if i have to watch i don't mind breakfast club in fact i actually didn't like it when i was young and i kind of liked it as i got older which is weird because it's made for that teen demographic but i appreciate it more as i got older if i had a choice Summer school all the way. Oh no, breakfast Summer school yeah. all the way. Oh, I'm in the minority. You, if, if we put this to a poll right now, you'd win. Breakfast Club is put on this pedestal. Summer school is exactly what this show's about. Really, no one talks about it anymore. And maybe you'll say for good reason, but I disagree. I think this is like a like a hidden gem with an emphasis on hidden gems and the forgotten. Um, well, even though it was on first choice, left, right, and center, or, or HBO for American listeners. And that's where I found it. I think that's where a lot of us probably saw it because it was one of those on repeat constantly. And listen, in fairness, I remember liking this a lot as a kid. Like, I remember watching this a couple times. I Like, I genuinely remember enjoying it. So this is, like, there might be an element of stay off my lawn associated with just that I've watched too many movies now so I can kind of see the strings. There's a lot going on in this movie. Like, as much as it's a movie that is sort of like this weird hybrid between Breakfast Club and Dead Poets Society... Half the movie takes place in the classroom and then half the movie is like these side quest missions for the students, which do absorb a ton of the runtime. So it's it's going to be a bit janky, I think, this one to get through just because there is a lot going on. Like it goes endlessly yeah. nonstop. Oh, agreed. I can't believe it's not a plus for you, but that's okay. The movie starts with what Grease popularized, I think, the kids throwing their homework out. The teachers sort of scratching the lottery tickets. Everyone just grinding down the last couple of minutes of summer vacation, waiting for it to start. We get introduced to Mark Harmon, a.k.a. Freddie Shoup, who's a gym teacher, telling all the students to basically grade themselves. And they're all (laughs) breathlessly counting down to the final seconds of the school year so they can all go on summer vacation. So he runs as school exits. The teacher who was supposed to teach summer school wins the lottery, says, I quit. So now the vice principal is running around trying to find somebody and he runs into Mark Harmon and basically says, 
if you don't teach summer school, you're not getting tenure, which that's important to remember because Mark Harmon, this is part of what pissed me off. The reason for him to teach changes multiple times through the movie, but this yeah. is the initial setup the is, yeah, is tenure. I told Kerry you'd look this up. No question. I go, oh, yeah. Mark's going to look this up and figure out exactly what it is. It's not something that happens in Canada, but supposedly it is, it's, it's legit in the States. Yep. And it's, it's a big deal. deal. Yeah. And I love that he was on his way to Hawaii with his girlfriend. And I found it <laughs> funny too, because there's this great scene of Mark Harmon sees the vice principal running around trying to finagle somebody in the summer school. So he starts going to the girl, quick, pack the car faster. And I stopped there. I'm like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Where was the luggage initially? Where was the luggage? Right. So it, yeah, implies, yeah, yeah. it implies he drove to school with the luggage in his car that they're now going to convert to her car. And then they're going to drive her car to Hawaii. And I guess leave his car in the school parking lot. And they have like 18 bags. Like they're going to Hawaii for three months at this point. Like they are going for a long time. He's not coming back. They're moving yeah, that's Based on the, the, the sheer amount of luggage. Right. I, I agree. <laughs> and she never shows up again either, which is great. And I know, like, it's almost like, why did they even set up that he had a girlfriend? And it's obvious because they're trying to pull him off as this cool, hip teacher who is just on the edge I, of dating children. Like, super I don't think I don't think you would appreciate anything without Chevy Chase in it. I think you want Chevy Chase to be the main character. And that's the reason why you hate the movie. We should do Fletch, actually. I goddamn love Fletch. So, but anyway, so that's the setup. And I took the time. This is at the 645 mark in the movie. Mark Harmon's been drafted into summer school. And flash cut to the next scene. They are in summer school. And as always, I appreciate the 90s for getting to the point. If this was a 2020 movie, we would have had... 35 minutes of his backstory about why he was an underachiever. He would have been a broken man, tortured by the mistakes of the past. Oh, they cut out everything. That's why I say they don't make him like this anymore, really. Because it would all be, they, they make dumb movies. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of dumb movies still. But they pad them out with shit that we don't care about. This cuts to the chase. Um, and it is 87. It I is 87. Always, everything's like in the 90s with you. Uh, but... We did. Did you mention that the one of the, the scratching lottery tickets? I think yeah. you failed to mention though that the guy that was supposed to teach summer school won one yeah. big, but one big was fifty thousand dollars, which in eighty seven, right now it's 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 a lot of money. But you're not going to probably give up your future as a teacher for that. And the impression I got was not that he quit teaching, more that he said, "I'm not doing summer school because I guess yeah. you get extra money during summer school." Yeah. But yeah, okay. But he did win his fifty thousand. So, so now we're Mark Harmon now gets to meet his students. This is going to be tough because I don't even know what to call them all. But like they are all rejects. Re they're all rejects and they're all broad brush stereotypes, and that is their whole character. So Courtney Thorne Smith, who again is famous for Melrose Place, plays her role that she was born to play, sort of a vapid, spaced out surfer girl. Patrick, I can't remember the jock guy. Yeah. Like just the generic football jock. Laberto or something like that. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce his name. There's the two um stoner kids, the stoner sort of underachiever slackers, Chainsaw and his blonde buddy, which in fairness, they which they don't even smoke dope. There's actually no mention of dope at all, but they do drink vodka. They do, yeah, they're all the time. 
that they're alcoholics essentially but and yeah chainsaw i mean i recognized him from it's always sunny in philadelphia ski uh chalet episode where he plays this kind of washed out because again like that was his role in the 80s like he was the go-to stoner guy for movies like this and ski school so so now we've got yeah we've got the blonde surfer we got the jock we got the two stoners Kelly Joe Minter who I love I love Kelly Joe Minter and everything she's in yeah the... she was she's the generic sassy black teen then you have the pregnant teen you have oh Patricia I think her name was you have yeah uh, well she's let's not skip over her she is uh, the protege of one of the most modern uh, popular modern serial killers in moviedom. Uh, and that would be Jigsaw's protege. And she plays Amanda. Right. In those movies. And she's also in the Blob remake, which is a great remake as well right. from the late 80s. So, I mean, she had a career and and, and she's likable. But yeah, she, they're, they're stereotypes. They're all stereotypes. It, but we're in a Carl Reiner film. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of expected uh... this. And then rounding out the remainder is uh, the nerd, who is a funny stereotype because he is doing a very by-the-book 80s nerd. He's got like the high-pitched voice and talks like this. He's always awkward and stuff. Like the nerd shouldn't be in summer school, but he's also an idiot. So do you, do you know that he might be the most successful out of all of them? Really? He went on well from a sheer volume of consistent work. He's been in over 200 things, lots of cartoon. Lots of video games. He does voices galore. He's been in so many things. And I know this because we just watched a show where these two people that were dating went to visit him at a Comic-Con. And I'm like, where do I know this guy from? It just happened to be this past weekend. We had already picked the movie we're doing for the show. And then I found out he was his first role was as the geek in summer school. Really? So I, I just thought that was a funny little side story. Yeah, I didn't actually know he had a career after this. So eventually they introduced the hot foreign exchange student. And now we have our cast of misfits, basically. So these are all... Oh, and then there's this one giant monster dude who at the very start of the movie asked for the hall pass. Or sorry, <laughs> says he has to go to the washroom. We never see him again. It, I actually did you like that. like that gang? Okay, you know, thank that, God. When that, when that pays off, I actually did like that quite a fair yeah. bit. So, so now... Mark Harmon is now teaching. There's a scene where the kids steal his keys just so we learn that like they're all bad rebel kids. He doesn't get his keys back. And he says enough of this bullshit and the kids start swearing. Kirstie Alley comes in and she says, knock it off. I timed it. It was 18 seconds after the first swear. So like she settled the fuck down, Kirstie Alley. Like hey, it's movie. So they fast. cut to the chase. The best part is the geek. They're all saying like fuck, fart face and this, that, and the other thing. He's like damn it and he's yeah. so happy with himself and it's, it's, it's such a funny it's such a funny gag so okay there was something i wanted to bring this up there's something about the filming in this movie that i i hoped you could explain to me through this whole movie there's no soundtrack for most of it and well, it's an 80s soundtrack like for no but like montage sequences i guess i'm just i'm so used to modern movies now where they're you know christopher nolan can't have a line of dialogue without an orchestral swell behind it but like there's scene <laughs> after scene after scene in the classroom where it's just kind of single static camera with no soundtrack and it doesn't like cheap is the wrong word but it looks like thin i don't know um it's hard to explain it almost looks like a t made for tv movie almost no i think again carl reiner i think it's just pedestrian is a word we like to use right pedestrian it's just a by the numbers shot like you're you're, you're looking at established you're looking at close up medium shot and close up um 
It's actually funny. Uh, I have a movie playing in the background because I always like doing this when we're talking about it. It's on mute. And okay. the, the pregnant girl just introduced that she was pregnant. You could tell that she's probably pregnant if you'd just been to school one day of the year. That's whatever. Right. But she stands up and there's a guy in the back of the class who you never see again in, for the rest of the movie. And he's like, what? She's <laughs> pregnant? Like, it was a big reveal. She, she's sitting two chairs in front of him. Right. Uh, yeah, because that's the other thing, too. She's not just a little bit pregnant. Like, she's not just yeah. showing a first trimester bump. She yeah. is like a week and a half away from giving birth pregnant. Because, of course, all of their single characteristics are heavily over-exaggerated. Um, so, yeah, she is massively and monstrously pregnant. But that says, so now that we've been introduced now to Mark Harmon, we've got the students. Yeah. So now the band, of, the band of misfits. Right. So now Mark Harmon is it's time for him to start hitting on Kirstie Alley aggressively, um, which, again, I just found that they didn't really have a ton of charisma together. Well, um, we skipped over the whole part that would have gotten them both fired oh. instantly, either back in the day or today, for sure. Today, no question. She comes in to complain about the swearing. Right. And she goes, can you calm it down and maybe just go do some gestures instead? So she starts, like, they started oh, yeah. going, like, up yours. And then get, and she'd right. be like, yeah, and give the finger. Then she pretends to give a blowjob. Like, as a gesture to, to get back at the students. It was a teacher doing a blowjob gesture to the students. There's, I'm like, wow, instant, like, firing. Well, there's another theme about this, too, is, Terminated. like, you can say the over and over and over again, man, the 80s, they were a different time. Because, like, the next scene is after, yeah, right, after she gestures giving a blowjob to a bunch of 16-year-olds, the next scene is Mark Harmon hitting on her, and then we find out she's dating the vice principal, which, I mean, like, teachers, feel free to weigh in here. I'm pretty sure you're, that's a con like a monstrous conflict of interest. Yeah, it's like um, a manager dating an employee. It's a manager dating an employee, but this movie is all about conflict of interest, so that that is the first day of summer school. Mark Harmon is not happy. He's a shitty teacher. The kids don't want to learn. But now we start seeing the side quests of all the students. And the other thing I found about this movie, and I tried to time it. I'm not sure I got it right. There are something like four to six montages in this movie. And the montages alone occupy 20% of the runtime of this film. Like well, there the are... 80s. A lot of goddamn montages in this one. That's 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 what I love montage sequences. So I'm not complaining. But yes, there are a shit ton of them. And don't forget, she's dating the vice principal. So the vice principal is the guy that got Mr. Shooper made Shoop, Doctor Shoop made yeah. Freddie Shoop take the role as summer school teacher. And of course, he becomes the big villain, the big yes. prick of the movie. And he's a prick. He's and you want prick. him exposed, and of course that happens, and he gets his just desserts later. But I don't understand why he wants Mr. Shoop to fail so badly, since he's doing him a favor by taking the summer well, school egg. Maybe we just clear this so I don't complain about it for the whole movie. But, like, nobody makes sense in terms of why they're doing what they're doing. And that's what I think I found frustrating. So, like, again, why does he want Shoop fired? Like, why? Like, what possible value could that have to him? Because there is a scene later on in the movie where yeah. Shoop resigns, which is also weird because, like, I thought you were going for tenure, and now you're just quitting. And yeah. he finds a new summer student teacher in, like, half a second. So, like, yeah, the next day. Right. So it's obviously not that hard to find a summer student. So, like, why does he give a fuck about any of this? Like, aside from the fact because the movie needs him to, none of this makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, again, I... I guess I'm falling on the crutch, which is not necessarily a good crutch of, 
hey, it's an 80s comedy movie. But you're right. He was so, like, he was searching. He was trying to target everybody at the beginning of the movie to find someone to teach summer school. Nobody was given him the time of day. And he was like, oh, my God, we're going to have to make it Mr. Shoop, who he doesn't like. He doesn't to make like. him that. And then when Mr. Shoop resides, yeah, he has a, a substitute the next yeah. fucking day. Super weird motivations. But now we get to see what the students are up to when they're not in summer school because they all have their side quests. The stereotypical sassy black girl is trying to pass her driving test. That is her entire character arc. The stoners are working in the photo booth. Do you remember those things would be in, like, this takes place, this movie takes place in Florida. Year-round, you're fine. We had these things in the middle of parking lots in southern Ontario. In the middle of the winter, they must have been freezing in there because there's like little huts. Of course, they're insulated, whatever. But there's these little nothing things that you literally come up to the window and drop your film off. For then pick it up whether it be a week no, later we or whatever it may be. We used the one at the uh, Maple Grove Mall. Remember, yeah. it was uh, you could right go the into hardware. one. Yeah. You could go into photo places, but if you remember, there was ones like just like what they were working in, where you drove up the one oh, totally. I remember. The one I remember was at Shoppers Drug Mart right by the movie theater, the Oakville Muse. There used to be one in that parking oh, yeah. lot there, yeah. and you drive up to it and yeah. then, and then. And you hand the film, but that was open year round. So that is the, and that's as much as we get of the stoner side quest is just them stealing pictures of naked women. The pregnant girl is obviously dealing with her pregnancy and her whole thing is that she's doing Lamaze classes, which again, she's doing them 18 minutes before she gives birth. So a little late, but like she's this pregnant (laughs) for the whole movie and the hot blonde Courtney Thorne Smith really just wants to surf. And that's about as much as we see as the motivation. Like we get into there's a narcoleptic kid who's in the movie a lot, and we find out why he sleeps in class all the time. Um, the nerd kid just wants to be smart like the rest of his family. Uh, did we miss anybody? Uh, hold on, hot girl. The, I'm just looking at my notes. No, we got them all. Nope. Okay, so that's everybody. And the foreign exchange student really doesn't even have to be there because she doesn't have to write the exam. But she's so just that, there to learn English. So that, one, so that one's a funny one, too, that... Like, we don't have to cover beat by beat, but this is another thing I found about the movie just when I was sort of doing my mental comparison to Breakfast Club. There's another thing this movie does that just struck me as like, again, the whole movie just felt like a bunch of set pieces, just one after the other. But like, so it is. So, like, so the foreign exchange student hot girl comes and the stoners both descend on her and through the movie doesn't matter what they do she loves it like she loves oh, gore she loves yep. horror yep. yeah every like they yep. love the party she loves throw up rides <laughs> yep. she loves, no matter and like so this is the other thing i found too that all these students are getting together and like any opportunity for conflict no they're all just friends immediately they like each other immediately there is zero conflict between the students themselves you don't even have a single second of like the jock versus the Isn't nerd refreshing it's refreshing. It nowadays, is, it, that the Breakfast Club is all conflict between it them. It is all conflict, and then and now nowadays it would be all conflict. These people just generally all single like like yep. each other. There's a couple of lines like where the nerds like I just want to be invited to the party because uh, to push the plot forward, uh, they're gonna decide to be good students as as long as the teacher grants them each one wish. Right, which so, leads to all these things later. But there's a scene with the jock guy, and he is wearing this skin tight belly shirt that I completely forgot was actually a very cool look for guys in the 80s. Now, if a guy wore a skin-tight belly shirt, it would remark (laughs) as different than when they did it. But, like, this was so cool in the 80s. If you were a jock, you were wearing skin-tight belly shirts. 
Just it's oh. weird the way things come around. Fashion was ridiculous. Okay. And you'll still get it here even with it being 87. But yeah, I did want to skip over the fact that I guess because they don't really want to be in class, they just decide to do a bunch of field trips. They, so right. that's what we start. And then when they realize that they've got to get down to business because there's a complaint about the, the, the nerdy kid sneezing and, and coming home sick and whatever that his grandma that he lives with realizes that they've been out and about and not doing anything productive right. in class whatsoever. And this was so the that's second, the turning point. <laughs> and that was the yeah. So the, well, no, that was actually the introduction of the plot. So like this yeah, is true. the second montage. I found this dragging. That's shocking to me, man. Because I think they gave enough personality to these characters, at least in my eyes and in my wife's eyes, because she watched it with me and laughed. And again, what's what's the end goal of a comedy? Uh, we did forget to mention that chainsaw. Um, not his real name, but that's the name he likes because they're a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, and Dave, the duo that supposedly share the same brain and as a joke that, what did the dad say, uh, are huge horror buffs and right. makeup whizzes because they come back when they're at one of the um, uh, field trips, they come out with rabid bunnies attached to their face and they're pulling the skin off and everything. And it's pretty gory, it but it's funny. Great. And it was it's all to get the attention of the girl who actually likes it. Loves it, loves it. Because she loves everything they did. And then they go to the beach because they want to see her in a bikini, which yep. is what guys would want, whether you like that idea now or not. That's just a reality because the only thing that this is missing from a traditional 80s teen comedy is nudity. Is nudity, so yeah. They if were nudity is, if you want, yeah. you're not going to get it here. There's plenty of other movies you can watch, but if you don't want it, then, then maybe you'll like this movie for that reason. But she's getting in her bikini and about to take off her top yeah. and one of the other girls stops her and says, whoa, this isn't the Riviera and whatever. The guys are just beside themselves upset. It's, they visually pull it off. It's a, it's a funny moment. They pulled it off well. It was well, uh, definitely well filmed, but that was now at the end, as you say, at the end of their field trips, they get caught and the vice principal now comes down on Mark Harmon and he says, like, what the hell are you doing? Do you know how much trouble I could have gotten into with all these field trips? You're taking them to the beach, you're taking them to the amusement park. So now he introduces a new wrinkle. All the kids have to pass or Mark Harmon gets fired. Not just tenure, <laughs> he gets fired. And my quick reaction, like I wrote this note, I'm like, okay, we are 28 minutes. That's the plot of the movie now. Yeah. Now I actually think you could fix this through editing because like there is actually a way to do that right at the start and then do the field trips and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so now we have Mark Harmon has a reason to teach them because if they don't all pass, he is going to get fired. So then the next day he tells this to the kids, he's like, we got to buckle down and we got to actually study. And that's when they're like, okay, we're going to blackmail you. If you want us to study and pass, then you have to, as you say, grant us our wishes. You've got to teach the one girl to drive. He's got to be the Lamaze coach for the pregnant girl. He's got to throw a party for the kids. Uh, he's got to show the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the class. So Mark Harmon now goes to Kirstie Alley and says, like, you got to help me teach. You got to help me figure out I don't know how to teach. And he asks her out another couple hundred times. She says no. And I did pause here a little bit. Like, I know we're not like it's a different generation now, but like the 80s truly taught guys in every single movie that no meant try harder that was the 80s man like i like it or don't like it that is what every 80s movie taught every single guy on the planet no means try harder so anyways we are seeing that in uh in start uh, he does not give up here he does not give up but i i would say that that whole thing of 
up in it from tenure to you're just going to be played up, played up, fired, is be, is the turning point because it is almost thirty minutes in. So it, instead of it changing the rules, I think it shifts them to to then get, uh, progress it in the second act, and then that's where all these these wishes get granted for the students. But there's a joke that floors me Which every one? time I hear it when he's like, right now, you know, we live, we 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 live English, we. Everything we do is English. It's like, well, then pass the crumpets on, man. <laughs> the Which Dave character. The Dave character. So Mark Harmon's character says, you know, we we breathe English, we eat English, we live English. And then the Dave character goes, well, then pass the crumpets, old man. That <laughs> joke is fucking brilliant. I did it. No justice here, but it was it's brilliant. It just it's so well timed and edited into the movie. I gotta admit. Um, Chainsaw, the character, and his sidekick were absolutely the shining stars in the movie. And I think I was so off-put by Mark Harmon's cardboard, like, lack of charm and charisma that, in fairness, I'm not giving them enough credit for, like, doing a ton of work in the scenes that they're in. Like, and they play off each other really well. They get all the good lines. And, like, they're obviously having a ball with the scenes. So there is a lot of that, for sure. I mean, and they we, let's not forget they're also they wedge in that they're the critique critics like they'll talk they'll do it about everything. So they first start about movies, but then they they even rate the roller coaster ride that they went on. Like yep. they give the old thumbs up or whatever, and it comes up reality. You know, once they get, are sober for a few days, they go, yeah, reality's a is a trip, man. Thumbs up. Like they, they even up. rate reality later. So it's kind of a funny running gag as well. Uh, I don't know if maybe Siskel and Ebert took, uh, thought it was funny, but it works. It's really I just, good. I mean, Mark Harmon, I get it. Mark Harmon's not the most likable, like, overall. In this movie, he does fine. I like him in this. No, like, it's funny, actually. It, no, I, I'm with you on that, and it's funny you mention that, because I genuinely, like, believe if you swap out one or two of the actors, this is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I, no, but, like, I'm not joking, though, because this, truly, this is a movie that relies on its actors to pull everything off. The screenwriting is not doing a ton of heavy lifting. Even the jokes, there are, there was one joke where genuinely it is a fucking funny joke, but the rest of the jokes do rely on the characters to sell the punchline. They're yeah. not, you wouldn't read them and be like, that's inherently funny. You're looking for the characters and the actors to pull it off. Some of them did, some of them didn't. I just think this was a low rent, Breakfast Club, honestly, like that was mostly as I was thinking about it. I mean, it, it, as we progress through the story, I mean, there is a creep. There's a couple of creepy moments because of the fact that one of his students' wishes is to move in with him. Oh yeah, uh, we at saw one that point. coming a mile away. So yeah, let's get there. <laughs> so now he starts doing the wishes, and the next is the Fourth of July party. So even that right there, like he has a party for a bunch of sixteen-year-olds. Again, this whole movie is a giant red flag. He would have been fired a million times over yeah. for this. But he has a huge beach party. The kids set his couch on fire. He kicks them all out. It is telegraphed from a mile away that Courtney Thorne Smith is developing feelings for him. Oh, that's right. And actually, that scene is hilarious. So we skipped over it. There's a scene way early in the movie where Courtney Thorne Smith is daydreaming, looking at the waves. And Mark Harmon, to demonstrate how cool he is, he's like, no, I get it. You want to be out there in the waves. And then he goes on this phenom. Phenom. 
Yeah, like just short form phenomenal. Just starts throwing out nonsense terms. He's like, I get it. You want to grind those circles and get on the nom and like I get it, man. I'd gnash my own gnash if I didn't get the and like then that's what makes her be like, Oh, wait a second, he's really cool and surfy, but it's just a series of nonsense words, which is great. <laughs> what I don't know, maybe they weren't actually we I, forgot we we also forgot to mention that he lives I, I know it's, it's on a the cozy beach. little house, but he lives on the beach. So oh, I, yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I assume even back in the day that even if it was a small little nook of a house on, on the beach, that it was still going to be probably a little pricier. Oh, like, dude. He just lived, he was right it, on the beach. Like, if you want to go down that path, he is a gym teacher that drives a 1967 cherry red convertible, lives on the beach of what appears to be like Malibu or something like that. <laughs> I was about to take a two-month fucking vacation to Hawaii. This guy doesn't need to work, man. Like, when you live on the beach and the waves are phenomenal. <laughs> he, lives, he lives in paradise. <laughs> It's like us going, Christian, where are you going for a vacation? I thought I'd go up north into a colder part of Canada. Right? A colder, shittier part? Neat. Yeah. No, that I never even thought about. That's a really good point. What the hell appealed us? Anyways, so the next scene, the stoners are, I keep calling them stoners. I guess they're more accurately alcoholics. They're drinking on the beach. Mark Harmon roller skates up, which is great. He's shirtless. And he, the cops are there and he's like, no, 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 it was my vodka. They were watching it for me. So the cops are like, you can't give liquor to minors and they arrest him on the spot, which is yeah. great. I take him and to jail in roller skates. In roller skates. And Carrie pointed this out. Why is everybody in that jail gay? Like, <laughs> it's a holding cell. It's not even jail. Right. It's a holding cell. He gets wheeled in and, and people are catcalling and whistling at him. The second... He skates cross over the bars, like in, into the cell, into the holding cell, and he stops between two big, like uh, two big guys that you know they're trying to go for the "don't drop the soap" kind of joke. Right. And right. everybody's instantly like gay in that jail, like everybody except for him, because he comes except in on roller skates <laughs> and no shirt. Right. And then so they've got to make fun of that because how, look how hot Mark Harmon is and his no shirt, and who could resist? And of course, he's got to call Kirstie Alley to bail him out, which is always, I find, the funny thing about these movies. So he has no, other, no one else, no yeah. other friends, not a single other goddamn friend in his life. Well, which, not, at least not that we know. Like you're right, these characters live in this movie. There's, right. there's no like three dimensional aspect where he could call his parents or right. call a brother. Or a brother, yeah. They haven't, been, they haven't been introduced. It's whoever we've seen in this movie. It could yep. have been. Uh, uh, the uh, vice principal guy that's a prick. And when he calls Christy to bail him out, the vice principal comes with her. They were about to go to dinner. So he he happened to pick up the phone. She she came in and answered the phone. That's right. He, yeah. He hung it up right. and she's like, okay. I'm coming to get you. And then they come to get him and he's got a little ma makeshift earring right. that he made a friend in jail. <laughs> right, because they pierced his ear in prison um, in the holding cell. Anything goes. And then I love the next scene because this, again, this is a really good example of characters doing shit because the movie needs them to do shit not because it makes any sense so mark Harmon's had a rough couple days so the next scene is him in the strip club now that yeah. by itself makes a ton of sense except he's in a male strip club because he has yeah. to find his student so he's he, trying to meet no he's trying to meet women so he goes to a male strip joint to meet women that are horned up because they're I, much male dancers okay. but it's weird because he pretends he's from playgirl magazine as a 
Where did you get that? Because he says it straight out. He that woman, that woman that's going nuts, who ends up being the student, but we don't know that yet. She's right. going crazy for the guy on stage. She's like, Come on, give it to my mama, or whatever. And then he's like, Hey, excuse me. She's like, she's like, pull me later. He's like, I'm from Playboy magazine. She's like, Oh, interview me later. Right now, I want looking at this guy, and whatever. Like, she wants to devour. What we find out is a 17-year-old kid on the stage. <laughs> I gotta admit, I absolutely missed that part. There's this throwaway line where it's like, tonight is ladies' night, implying <laughs> that strip clubs flip back and forth between guys' night and ladies' night. And I gotta admit, I don't recall ever going to a strip club in my life. We're like, oh, I guess guess the guys well, are on stage tonight. Picked the wrong night. Why did we come on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, oh, well, I guess we're here watching Dick. Oh, here's cock in my face. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I like, I guess it's strip club to strip club. So, yeah, we find out that the kid who's been sleeping in class, the reason he's been sleeping is because he's a stripper. So now this whole scene is just basically exists. So we figure out why the kid and like this is again, at some point I'm like, OK, they are cramming a lot of shit in this movie. <laughs> um, so the next scene is and now like truly the it's funny my notes now are now they do this now they do this now they do this because seriously the next 40 minutes are just beat 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 so now they have to go to court goes to court with them because why well, wouldn't she she's got a crush on him they've established enough of the relationship there i gotta just interject one scene that is cute and disgusting all at the same time the peanut butter and jelly scene mm. where he's spooning out peanut butter on yeah. his finger, eating it, but dipping it in the peanut, the jelly jar at the same time and eating it. And they make a joke about uh, investing in a fork or getting a fork next time. But he sticks it in his dog's mouth so his dog can enjoy it as well. And then proceeds to stick it back in the peanut butter jar and eat. Yes, that was, that was gross it's, as hell. It was so it, gross. Yeah, the dog there's is super running, cute, but it's, it's still disgusting. <laughs> there's a running joke too, like obviously they decided there's a scene earlier in the movie where Mark Harmon is sitting with Kirstie Alley talking about teaching and he appears to be eating a pumpkin pie, but he's eating only the filling and leaving the crust. Carl Reiner was like, well, in my head, a cool surfer Malibu guy can't eat normal food. He's got to eat weird shit like dog peanut butter and pie filling and stuff like that. That's part of his character, I guess. Well, actually, you're, you're right, because she throws him an apple at yeah. the end. Remember, like, for being a good teacher, he's like, what's this? An yeah. apple? Like, yeah, he has no fucking clue. Yeah. What's this? And he doesn't know. He just, like, this is all just... You got Doritos and Apple Jacks when he went shopping. So, That's what he brought back to his apartment. Yes, I noticed that, too. He's just, yeah, it's all child food kind of thing. Um, yeah, so he's so he's in court now and there's a couple impassioned speeches about why he's a good teacher because he went to prison for his kids so blah 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 the judge throws the whole case out case dismissed everybody's another happy. great gag another great gag though is dave again chainsaw's friend uh has a fake id he's like he's like can i see that fake id he's like i'd rather you didn't and the judge is like i'd rather i did so then he brings it up and he's like you were a black marine in nineteen sixty, he goes, a war will put a man through many changes. So, that joke, but then the 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 he everybody's dismissed. It's like the happy end of the scene, and they're all about to be dismissed from the court. And you see Dave reaching for his yeah, trying his to pull fake, the, ID, the fake ID, and the judge yeah. gavels his head. But then it's it, it's such a great sight gag. Like it's it's a little nothing joke that I think is absolutely hilarious. 
<laughs> I did like that. I thought it's funny because I thought the line there was war changes a man. And I think yeah. I'm remembering a different movie. Like, I wonder if that showed up in a different film somewhere, but yeah, Schindler's list. <laughs> yeah. There's a straight line between this movie and Schindler's list. Like this is basically the prequel. Uh, wait, yeah. no, the time doesn't Spielberg, work out. Spielberg was like, I like that line. I think I'm going to wedge that into my movie. That's right. Uh, if I just find a guy who makes lists, I'm all set. Um, <laughs> so now the next scene is Courtney Thorne Smith basically saying, I want to move in with you. And again, to be like, I did the math. He's 35. She's 16. She's 21 in real life. He's 31 in real life, just in case anybody cared about that. But a teacher. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not high uh, hot on the idea. He's like, no. I've got a small space. I'm like, but he he knows that she's stuck. Like, I mean, her family's there, and there's a legitimate reason as to where, well, a legitimate for the movie, uh, as to why she had to couch at this house. But their family's grown and whatever, so she can't stay there anymore. So she's asking. He says, "Look, I'll let you stay here temporarily," because yeah. he's not even weirded out when Chrissy Alley shows up at the doorstep, <laughs> and, he, and she's yeah. there cooking dinner, calling him honey, and stuff, so, and it is cringy, because you're like, oh my god, like, you should have just so, ended it. <laughs> you're totally right, though. His objection to this is strictly practical. Like, I don't have a good spot for you, I, you know, like, I don't know how we're going to make this like, tactically work. At no point, he's like, you are my student, and this could get yeah. me fired he for the even think about my it. life. Like, yeah. didn't even think about it. Yeah. And yeah. she even throws away, like, she's got this funny throwaway line. She's like, well, your girlfriend looks young. He's like, yeah, he's 21. Dude, you're 35. She's 21. Like, that is on the edge of being kind of fucking creepy, man. Like, right, right on the edge. Like, if you came to me when you were 35 and, like, I'm dating a 21-year-old, I'd be like, man, I don't I don't know. Legal. Um, legal. I know legal, but still fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Next scene is he's got to now do the next quest, which is show the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the classroom. <laughs> this is also, in fairness, I think why you love this movie is because, like, it's Chainsaw a is you, essentially. Like, your room looked like Chainsaw's room. The only reason I know who Rick Baker is is because of you. The only reason I know that the guy who played fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm pretty sure, is named, like, Tobe Hopper or something like that. Or was he Toby Hooper. No, you're right. Toby Hooper. Yeah. Like, uh, all this shit. Yeah, I only but, know because of you, because you were obsessed with all this stuff growing up. So like, I, do, I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you're seeing I a little it. bit of yourself in this character. Yeah, well, of course. And, 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 and that elevates it to a certain degree, but they've also took it. I know, you know, like, obviously the shenanigans go well beyond anything we would have done. I would have never done that to teachers or anybody else it would have been like what they do the set piece later that they do to get the supply teacher out of there but there's so many other great jokes i mean we had he was teaching you know kelly joe uh winter again i always mess up her name but uh she wanted to drive and right. she gets in the car and there's a great sight gag where she's looking to see if it's clear for like about 10 10 yeah. seconds maybe 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 a little longer maybe a bit shorter but always like the time seems like it's stretched and even chainsaws looking he's like okay you can go they go out and instantly hit the brakes and it seems like everybody like practically bashes their heads off the 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 dashboard and then she they say the line we just got lapped by an old lady with a walker yeah. and i've stolen that line so many times Again, now I know it's from this movie, but I think back in the day, I didn't know. It was like subconsciously, I just had it in my head and it was from this movie. It's such a great fucking line. Essentially at this point in the movie, we're about at the hour mark at this point. He's done a bunch of the, he's done a bunch of the chores. He got through court, but now 
the kids are all not trying and like Mark Harmon is having this own personal arc, which is like, holy shit, I actually think there's a chance that these kids can pass. So he's now kind of into it for its own sake, like outside of just keeping his job. He's like, no, I'm actually becoming a teacher and stuff like that. He tries to encourage the kids like, hey, guys, like now that we've done all your chores, like I think if we really buckle down for the next couple of weeks and put some time to this, we can really actually pass. And the kids are like, no, if you want us to do that, we are gonna, we're going to need more stuff and we're going to need more bribery. Instantaneously pissed yeah. that he even suggested the idea of studying or doing yeah. some extra shit. Yeah. So he uh, he quits immediately. So they he has a big fight with the kid. He's mad now. He's like, well, screw you, kids. Like, if I have to bribe you to try, then screw you. I'm out of here. And he quits, which, again, like, remember, the whole point of this movie is for him to keep his job. But now he's just quit his job. So, like, you see where I get stuck with some of the things about yes. this movie? I, I, even, I, I get like, to that. Yeah. Like, so, like, I guess this is his low point. I guess. Yeah. Here was my... <laughs> Here was my note I wrote. Yeah, the my... dark moment before the That's before right. the, the, the final uh, act kicks in. They immediately found a new teacher. She comes in and Chainsaw has done a huge Rick Baker-esque death scene where all the kids are gorely murdered with like yeah. all this makeup and the teacher freaks out. It's awesome, uh, but it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous and awesome. The vice principal doesn't even blink. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And they're like, you got to bring Shoop back or we're going to do this every single day. And he's like, fine, I'll go get Shoop. But again, not to get pedantic, and I'm sorry, why the fuck does he care if they do this every day? He doesn't care if they pass. So what is his motivation to get Shoop back? They're like, if you don't bring Shoop back, we're not going to pass. And all of a sudden he's like, well, fuck, okay. He is so clear at the beginning of the movie. I don't give he a fuck. He hates these kids. Pass. Yeah, these kids yeah. suck. Yeah, kids don't true. care if they pass. So now all of a sudden, everybody cares that these kids pass. They've got to get <laughs> you back for reasons because the movie needs them to, even though it doesn't make any sense. Like the vice principal at this point should be as happy as he's ever been. He's like, oh, okay, you rejects are going to fail. Shoop is fired. I've essentially won. Like just fucking roll credits at this point. That's the movie. Like you, you're right. You're, you, I can't, yeah, I can't disagree. You are right, but. <laughs> you know that's not how we want the movie to end no. so <laughs> so anyways but they do get shoot back and i can't remember how actually how did they get shoot back oh they they come they come to the beach so he's right. sitting at the beach by the way they even would it's the down moment in the movie he throws his the dog's toy oh, the that dog they, they, they establish his toy and, they, and, it, and he chucks it in haste and it gets taken away by the tide and the yep. dog is super sad it's really upsetting and then the but the the uh, students come all still in makeup. They didn't take it off. So they walk from school there all in makeup. For, yeah. It ends up paying off for a pretty funny joke. And they ask him to come back. So they ask him. So I guess he said, I'm not hiring you back. If you right. go get him back, he could go, uh, I'll, I'll, he can come back. But whatever. So they ask him, they they say, please, the girl that has what looks like a chalk the brush. Stuck in her mouth, yeah. yeah or, or, or whatnot. Uh, and he says, how can I say no to these? Charming faces or pretty faces or whatever. Funny, yeah. funny little throwaway joke. Uh, and then he's back. So that's he's pretty back. much it. And now it is time for the fourth goddamn montage in the movie, <laughs> which is them all doing their various studying now and cracking down. And basically, we're getting ready for the final test. Everybody's trying their hardest. Kirstie Alley's getting involved for some reason. There is actually a yeah. fairly funny scene where Kirstie Alley 
is mentoring the stripper student who basically starts rubbing her knee, which I did appreciate the kind of, that was a not bad joke. I did kind of like that one. Billy Joel Winter did get uh, help with her dyslexia as well. I know you say it's Wednesday there, but they, I found they did a, a good enough touching job. Like there, there's a, a moment there where she asks for one of her fellow students to read right. her note with hesitation. And the second he looks at it, he can tell something's wrong, brings it to the teacher and they find out she's got dyslexia. Again, maybe forced from through your eyes, but I can't deny that I, I, I always, I always like that moment where they get her help. They did get her help and she got she, the right she, help. She the cracks. Yeah. Um, nobody sneaks through the cracks. So then it's time for the test. And then I did like this payoff. The kid who left in the very start of the movie to go to the bathroom, shows back up for the test and hands back the bathroom pass. And he says, I'm back, which I appreciated that. I always like it when they do long form callbacks and everybody it's time. to Zipper write. got stuck. <laughs> That's right. The zipper got stuck in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> So now they all give their test. The pregnant girl goes into labor in the mid test. And yeah, so now it's funny. So the next scene is them all hanging out at a house. I'm not clear whose house it is actually. It's, no, not it's his house. It's his house on the beach, but he's but the not there. Actually, yeah, he, that's why he I, <laughs> but that's why my note is like, whose house is this? So they all just went to his, okay. I didn't actually know that was his house. So they're all at his house. The pregnant girl's no longer pregnant. She gave the baby up for adoption. Everybody well, she, got, she gave birth during the during the right. test. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so this is, has to be three or four days later. And then it's weird too. So they all get their marks back and basically they mostly didn't pass, which is actually kind of a nice subversion of the trope because you know, by the numbers, they would have all passed and become straight A's, but no, most of them failed actually. Yeah. Yeah. So now yeah. he gets fired, which again... This is the second time he's been fired now. He was already fired before. He's fired again. And now there's this big meeting to officially fire him, except before they can fire him, all the students and the parents show up to advocate one more time uh, for well, Mr. Schubert. And the vice president, our vice principal wants him fired, but the principal or the chairman or whatever of the board has final say and says, well, listen, I have some... Uh, I hear there's some people that want to talk to me and, and, and the vice principal even says, you don't want to listen to these like delinquents. Do you know, I'm going to listen to their parents, their but parents. it's still like no one denies that these people, these kids are delinquents. Yeah, nobody backs them up. Yep. Nobody... <laughs> Anyways, this though, the scene, so all the parents come in and advocate for like, I've never seen my kid this engaged in school. And in fairness, this was the one joke that I think on paper lands. I found this line brilliant and I genuinely laughed Chainsaw's dad, who is like this A.O. kind of dad. Yeah, he's a dad from Halloween 4 and 5 for people that like that type of trivia. He's a sheriff. Yeah. He's got the great line. He's like, my kid's got the IQ of a salad bar. Which yeah. I was, I'm like, okay, fuck. That is a really, really funny line. Like, that is a really funny line. All the parents are pretty open about, like, my kids are just goddamn morons. But this is the first time I've seen them study, and therefore you shouldn't fail or fire Shoop. So Shoop gets his tenure, which I guess yeah. was also something he wanted. Which starts the end of the typical 80s movie where music kicks on, people are dancing in the streets, pretty much. Yeah. They like dance into the office. Like, I mean, that just kicks into like full, like that's just what happens I, in these movies. <laughs> and I do like that the majority of the kids didn't pass. Like Chainsaw didn't pass, Dave passed, Courtney Thorne Smith passed, half of them failed. Like the, smart, the, the geeky kid passed. The geeky he got the highest. Passed. 
I, the foreign exchange student who was just kind of there for the whole movie, we never even find out, did she take the test or she was just hanging out? And then it's time to wrap up the romance. And here was my note. So they, he's on the beach with Kirstie Alley and he's like, one last time, will you go to dinner with me? And she's like, how about you ask me over breakfast tomorrow? And here was my note. <laughs> they share the most platonically charmless kiss in movie history. It was perfect for a comedy movie because he put on lip balm and then yeah. she's like, can I have some of that lip balm? And then she takes it from the lips. Yeah, They're on the beach kissing. It's fun. Mm. It's a movie kiss. I'm watching it right now. Tide comes in. Tide comes his in. dog is lonely looking in the ocean for his friend. And of course the tide that washed his little toy out like a week ago brings it back yeah. in. The dog sees it. It's super excited. It's the hap, hap, happiest ending. It no, no, man. The dog goes in for the kiss as well. It's like a three-way kiss between they, the three of them on screen. There is a three-way dog, Kirstie <laughs> Alley, Mark Harmon makeout. Um, so it is a, definitely, it's a happy ending. And I could have sworn that this movie ended with the standard kind of 80s, 90s trope of Chainsaw went on to blah, 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 blah. But no, just credits. So I obviously yeah. just made that up. Just credits and here we go. And that is Summer School. Uh, they did end with the 80s freeze frame, which is also very popular, right. where that final image is frozen for sometimes a long time. Sometimes this one was quick. Freezes, fade out, and the credits roll. Yeah. But that was it. Obviously, you could tell based on, it's a full recommend for me. I watch this every year. I think it's funny. It makes me laugh every time I watch it. And it makes me laugh consistently and all in the good ways. I can't disagree with some of the critiques you brought up. Yeah, I got to admit, it did not work for me. It's definitely a hard pass and a no recommend for me on that one. I don't think I'm going to go back and enjoy summer school again. The I, Though what I do like that made me laugh is Mark Harmon later on went to go star in the Presidio. And wasn't Presidio our go-to snob? Yeah, our joke. Our, our jo yeah. yeah. Like yeah. all going up, if you were like, if we were going to make fun of each other for putting on airs, we said, why don't you go watch the Presidio? I don't know why that became that because it, like Ishtar usually was the joke movie that everybody went to. We went to the Presidio and I have no clue. None whatsoever. I don't even know if I've seen it. No, I looked at, apparently it's about the military. I had no idea, but that's, uh, that's summer school. Well, hey everybody, thanks once again for joining us. We'll be back again. We never tell you what movie we're going to be doing. It will be Mike's pick. If you want to recommend a movie for Christian and I to watch, or there's a favorite you want to get to, we do have a list, but feel free to email us at prettybadmoviegab at gmail.com. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time, hopefully with a better movie. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Like they said in a damn movie, you heard them. Right? We gotta stop! Believe me, we gotta stop the movie!